This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. Have you ever applied for a job and thought, whoever is looking at my application is going to think I am not the usual person to apply for this job? Maybe it's because you're coming from a different industry or you just have a kind of weird or unexpected background or because you ran your own business and now you're applying for a full-time job at somebody else's business. Whatever the case, how do you get over that? How do you convince an employer that you are the person for them, even though on paper, maybe it's not as clear cut? That is exactly what is facing a listener today. And we're going to hear from him. Hello, Jack. Hello, Jason. So, Jack, you are thinking of applying to jobs, or you are applying to jobs, but you are not the usual candidate that you think your future boss may be reviewing. Tell me about that. Yeah, so that's correct. A little background about who I am. I'm 30. I graduated college when I was 21. And I had one job for three months where I had a boss. And it didn't stick. And since then, I have run my own businesses. Some might call me a serial entrepreneur. I've had some failures. I've had some successes. And I'm at a point in my life where I think I'm ready to re-enter the more traditional workforce, but I have a crazy resume. It looks like a mess. I don't have any big names on it. My last traditional manager or boss, I last spoke to him eight years ago. So all of my industry contacts are peers or customers, not people who I could really get a recommendation from. But yeah, I am looking to re-enter the workforce. I'm considering applying for jobs that are tangentially related to what I do as a freelancer. It's proving difficult because my resume is unusual and the fact that I don't have any traditional work experiences. So... Jack, before we get into how you're going to do this, let's answer the question that I bet a lot of people think as they just heard you tell that story of yourself, which is, why are you going to go do that? Why do you want a boss if for many years you seem to have been pretty successful at being your own boss? I think there is an element of the grass is always greener. Running my own business has been a ton of fun. I've loved it. It's been exhilarating, but I'm in a point in my life where it would be nice for me to have a little bit more stability in terms of income. I'm feeling that a quote-unquote more traditional job would give me a little bit more guidance in a longer-term career. I can always step back out of that. This isn't like a permanent shift, but I'm thinking maybe for the next like three, four, five years to really try and see, okay, what does like corporate America look like? What does it look like working with a more established team? That's great insight. And also, I think a pretty good starting point for the narrative that you're ultimately going to have to tell to whoever is going to interview you at a job, because they're going to wonder this same thing. And you're going to have to have a good explanation. Have you thought through the story that you tell of yourself Mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone who might hire you? Yeah. 
I think objectively, if you look at what I've done, I have tangible goals that I've achieved. I have tangible, you know, things that I've done in my businesses that I could point to and say, hey, look, like I'm an operator. I can succeed. I can succeed in the world. I know how to do stuff. But what I've been thinking, and, and I am truly open to any feedback, is sort of the way I'm constructing the story is like, I've achieved a lot on my own, but I think I can achieve more if I have a team of like-minded people around me who are also striving to that goal. The easiest way to find other like-minded people is to join an already existing team rather than try to build that team on my own. That's an amazing story to tell. Like That's perfect because what you're doing is you're starting from the point of view of what does this hiring manager value? And ultimately, what they're going to value is someone who's going to join the team and be committed to being part of the team. And their worry about you. And I think it's it's always important to know what is someone going to be thinking, or at least try to anticipate what someone's going to be thinking, so that the first words out of your mouth can address it before they even ask you. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I think you're spot on that one of the big things a hiring manager is going to worry about is your independence. And that you have created a career path so far that's built around doing things on your terms. And they're going to say, well, okay, clearly talented, smart guy, good operator, but is this person going to want to have a boss? Is this person going to want to be on our schedule? So I think thinking through how to communicate that before they even ask, by giving them a story about yourself that shows that what you want to do next requires them. And therefore, sure, it's going to be different. I wouldn't use the word sacrifice, but here in the safe space, we'll say, you know, there's some kind of sacrifice involved. That that ultimately is going to be fulfilling to you. And if they understand that, then maybe they'll see how you fit in. What do you make of that? I think that's probably the most difficult question that I'll have to answer because I have to A, convince myself before I can convince them. I can talk about myself and my accomplishments all day long, but that's sort of like the intangible of how do you convince somebody that you're ready for a change like that? Because that is big. Like my whole schedule, it's on my own time. I think what you're saying makes perfect sense. I have to really put into in some serious thought as to how I want to phrase that because that is going to be the, the question yeah. at the top of their mind. I think the team thing is really smart. I think that having an articulation of the thing that you want to do next or build or what is it that you couldn't have achieved by yourself that you want to do with this team is also going to be really valuable. And I think it couldn't hurt actually to have a model or two in your head so that you make clear to them what this looks like. The first thing that I can think of is just I mean, look, it's not uncommon for people who are entrepreneurs to then go have a job at somebody else's company for all sorts of reasons. One is because maybe the business that they were running got acquired and therefore they got absorbed into a company and that they were able to succeed in that way. And and to have those models in your mind of maybe people to reference, I think could be useful to them so that it's clear to them that you've thought through this. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, haunts every hiring manager, (laughs) and it haunts me, is hiring someone who hasn't thought through 
the change that they're making. I'll tell you a quick story. When I was at a magazine years ago, we were hiring for a like a mid-level editor. And somebody applied and they were not at all from the right quote unquote background. They just been doing totally different things. And it was it was a business magazine. The person was in food, but they just were really smart and they clearly had the kind of instincts that we were looking for. And I think that if you're a smart hiring manager, you're really looking for two things. You're looking for how does this person think? And then what are their skill sets? And if you're like me, you value how they think over the skill sets because you figure that if you could find the right person who thinks right, who thinks like my team, who has the kind of instincts that I'm looking for, uh, they can pick up the skills. The skills are easy. The harder thing is mindset. So this person was very appealing as a candidate, even though they were totally off the track. And I advocated for them internally, and we ultimately hired that person. And three weeks later, they quit <laughs> in dramatic fashion. Like, like this poor editor had what she described to me was an absolute breakdown. She got this job, and then it made clear to her that she was making the totally wrong life choice, and she wanted to be doing something else. And she drove herself crazy trying to fit in. And three weeks later, she just quit. And that sucks because then we got to go start from scratch. And that is not a mistake I want to ever make again. And I would bet that whoever you're interviewing with doesn't want to make that mistake either. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be interested in you. But what it does mean is that they are going to want to hear from you how you have thought through this transition and what you think this transition is going to bring to you and what you are going to be able to bring to the team. That makes a ton of sense. That's honestly great advice. And that's, I guess, a personal story. And that's something that I need to, I mean, I, I have the seeds of it, but it's something I need to continue to work on. I think to me, like emotionally, it's kind of clear, but I have to figure out how to best verbalize it in a sort of concise manner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. This is like a storytelling challenge mm -hmm. more than anything. And for what it's worth, I think that that's true whether or not it's you in this particular circumstance that you're going from being an entrepreneur to someone looking for a more standard job, or it's just somebody switching industries mm -hmm. and seeming like a very different kind of candidate. A lot of this is going to come down to the story that you tell of yourself because the skills are easier in a way to communicate, right? If you're stepping into some role that require some kind of operational expertise. You have that. You've run businesses. And management, you know, you built your own team or you worked with people. The transferable skill sets are, in a way, obvious. They're the easier story to tell, although you do need to think through how this experience translates into that thing that a company is looking for. But the story that you tell of yourself, I think, is going to be the most important. And as we've talked about this, it's clearly something you've thought about a bit, but how far do you think you are truly in your heart from the story that you think you're going to tell the employer? I think it's day by day. I mentioned that one of the reasons why I'm ready for a change like this is because running your own businesses, it's an extremely volatile experience. 
And that is one of the things that I'm ready to walk away from, at least for now. I'm ready for something that's a little bit more stable. And that's not to say that I want a desk job where I clock in and out at nine to five. I don't think that that's my personality, but just something where I take one of those like major variables, which is when's the next paycheck coming? That variable removed is something that's appealing to me. So there are days when I'm like 100% there. And then there are some other days where I get to get out of bed at 10 o'clock and go for a coffee that I'm like, well, this is nice too. Or if I want to take a Friday off, or if I want to go hang out with my friends for lunch, that's also nice. But for me, I think it's really about keeping the bigger picture in mind and saying, hey, yeah, there are definitely some benefits of being your own boss. But at this point in my life, I'm ready for a little bit more stability in this one huge sector as well, which is pay stability. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. You know, it's funny. If we were to flip this around and just 
be talking to the hiring manager who's receiving your resume, say, and say, what's on your mind, generally speaking? What are you concerned about with your team? One of the things that they'll probably talk about is retention, which is still a big problem. I mean, the news is full of layoffs, particularly at tech and media companies, but economy-wide, there's still actually a great challenge attracting and retaining good talent, and companies are thinking a lot about what is it that they can offer aside from just more and more money, which as the economy is feeling questionable, is something that they don't know that they want to spend, but what else can they offer? And it's worth you having that in mind so that you can signal to them that the things that they have to offer are things that you value. And stability, frankly, is a pretty easy one, unless the company is about to go through a round of layoffs. Because what they want is they want to give people a pathway to growth. What they want is to attract great talent and then foster that great talent and make those people feel like they can stay and grow for a while because that frankly solves a problem for the company. So you being able to signal that and also I would say anticipate something that they might think about you, which is entrepreneurs make bad employees. This is something entrepreneurs like to say about themselves, right? I would make a terrible employee. I've heard that from so many entrepreneurs. And that's that's not what you're broadcasting. There, there has to be a, a narrative reason why you became an entrepreneur that isn't because I don't want a boss. And the answer could be because I just really like building things. Whatever it is that is a story that applies to why you took the path that you did and why you're taking this path now and why they're the same story. These are two versions of the same person and the same desire. I think that will also help build a bridge for the person you're talking to, to better understand how the things that drove you to do one thing are driving you to do this other. And that helps build that story for you. So we're assuming that I actually already got the interview with the hiring manager. My first challenge, my resume doesn't have any recognizable names. So at first glance, if I was hiring somebody, I would say, oh, do I know that company? Do I know that company? And pretty much my entire resume, with the exception of my alma mater, nobody will know any of the companies that I've worked at or founded. That's also something that I'm struggling to convey on my resume is how do I get people to just look at it? I mean, I know there's like resume best practices, but I'm the CEO, president, director, chief, whatever in charge. That doesn't really say a lot. How do you get somebody to give your resume a second look over when there is nothing immediately recognizable on there for them to grab onto? Yeah, it's a great question. So a couple of things. Number one, I think the reason that we're talking about storytelling isn't just for the interview, but it's also for the application process mm -hmm. because your cover letter is going to have to also explain this. And I think in doing so, you can also make clear, I mean, right, you don't want to write a letter that's like defensive, but you do want to write a letter that's displaying your value and how the journey that you have led and how the journey that you have taken leads you to this. So that whoever's receiving this letter can say, oh, this makes total sense. I understand how the next step in this person's career is to 
be interested working with us. And look, it also might require for you to go the extra effort of trying to get warm intros Mm -hmm. places or at least try to get in front of an actual hiring manager instead of just a submission form on Indeed or something. Mm -hmm. Because you will need your story to help differentiate you. And that means, of course, that you're going to need to flag somebody who can actually pay attention to it. So as soon as you see an opening, I would start hitting the pavement and see if there's a second-degree connection that you have to somebody who works there who you can just get yourself in front of them so that they elevate it and say, oh, this this person actually sounds pretty interesting. They're atypical, but I think it's worth a look. That's a position that you're in, is that you are probably going to have to hustle a little more than other people. But I think that if you tell the right story and you get somebody to pay attention to it, then you equalize yourself fairly fast. I've been living on LinkedIn the last couple of weeks and just requesting... I've been doing that. Good. Live on LinkedIn. Post on LinkedIn. People are afraid to post on LinkedIn, but posting on LinkedIn is an incredibly powerful tool, an insanely powerful tool. It's not just, I think a lot of people think of LinkedIn as just a place to go send DMs and and try to grab an individual's ear. But if you have insights and authority in something, or you have some experience that's worth sharing, post it. Look at what people are doing on LinkedIn. It is the weirdest, most affirmative social media community you will find. Whereas on Twitter, if you post, everyone is just going to slam dunk on you. (laughs) And Instagram is for showing off mostly. But on LinkedIn, 99.9% of the comments that you get on anything that you post are going to be affirmative. They're going to be people saying, yes, and. That's a great point, and. Just posting and engaging in that community is also going to create some more opportunities for you to capture somebody's attention, to build some kind of authority, to be seen as someone who has something to say. And if you have something to say that the company likes, then that's a leg up. For what it's worth, I would set a goal for yourself as you're on LinkedIn to every day comment on a couple people's posts and to post yourself once a week. You can get insane about it. I'm insane about it. I post on LinkedIn literally every single day. That's insane. You don't need to do that. But if you get into the habit of doing it once a week, what you're going to do is you're going to start to force yourself to frame some of your ideas or experiences as things that are easily communicatable. And you're also going to see how people react to them, which is really useful when you then go road test these things in the real world, just to have put it out there and to have forced yourself to say, this experience that I have, how would I communicate this in a way that's punchy and useful? Just putting your own ideas through the rigor of that will force you to figure out how to articulate the things that you know in a more compelling way, which is ultimately going to be valuable when you're writing that cover letter or when you're sitting down with an interview. That makes total sense. Like a digital testing ground. Yeah. And then Jack, I'm going to offer one other piece of advice, which is out of a story of how I made the most significant leap 
in my career, which was that I went from being a regional magazine editor to a national magazine editor and trying to prove to people who worked at a much higher level than me that I could do the thing that they wanted me to do. And now I had something of a more linear path here because I was already in the same line of work, but I was just trying to prove that I could make a big jump. But anyway, I was at Boston Magazine and I was applying to work at Men's Health. And there's not a lot of connection between those two things. And I was trying to figure out how can I communicate that I am someone that a magazine about health should care about when I am not in that industry at all. And I've done very little to prove that I am. So here's what I did. I had a couple pieces that I had written for other publications that were health-oriented in some way. And so I made sure that those were the most prominent pieces of my work that they saw. And then I came up with a little story about myself and the story of why I wanted to work at Men's Health. And I will admit to you now that this story was absolute bullshit. <laughs> but it doesn't matter now because I got the job. So here's the story that I told. The story I told was this. I said, look, I work at Boston Magazine right now. And when I write a story, I have to spend a lot of time convincing someone to care about this story. Because we're a, mostly a general interest publication that just happens to be stories from around where you live. But I have to do a lot of work to convince someone that what I have to offer matters to them. But health is something that inherently matters to people. And that is exciting to me because what I want to do is do work that impacts people. And I want to meet people where they are and address the things that matter to them most. And with health, you don't have to spend any time trying to convince somebody that it matters. It just does. They wake up in the morning and it matters. And so that's why I did those pieces about health that you saw. And that's why I want to do more. Now, again, is that true? No, that wasn't true at all. I just wanted a national magazine job and I wanted to move to New York. But that story got me the job. I'm sure of it because it helped explain why this kid doing some other kind of work wants to get into the thing that the people who are interviewing me care a lot about. And once I was able to show them that I care, they cared. So you have some storytelling to do. That I do. I have a quick question. The mid-level editor that you hired, that you painstakingly interviewed and hired and left after three yep. weeks, do you know where she is now? I know what she did after. I don't know where she is now. This was years ago, but here's what she did. She was a food editor. I was at a business publication. She went from being a food editor to a business editor for three weeks, had a breakdown, and then went to culinary school. And then after that, worked at a restaurant. She was at an interesting crossroads where she was a food editor. And what she decided to double down on was editor. And she realized that that was the wrong path. And so she backtracked and just did food. And that was more satisfying to her. I wonder if she's hiring any dishwashers. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> figure out the story to tell her. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful. I have my homework and I have my story. And I am going to go comment on some LinkedIn posts at least once a day and then post at least once a week. Amazing. Well, Jack... Thanks for calling it to Help Wanted, and I will comment on your LinkedIn posts. Thank you so much. 
Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 